Howdy y'all, and welcome to Cowboys Like Us, a podcast where we talk about the music of Taylor Swift. Yeehaw. Welcome to the Last Great American Podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Justin. And today we're discussing It's Time to Go from the Evermore Deluxe Edition. All right. News? Has any new news happened since yesterday or the day before? Whenever? Um, we been recording? News from around the Taylorverse. <laughs> Have you done that yet? Have you made that? Not the oh, job, okay. no. no news that I know of that's happened. We got, you know, some new outfits at the last show. So that was fun for the Ares tour, but pretty much just rocking and rolling, playing through jerseys. One thing we didn't talk about is you have been watching live streams pretty much nightly from the Ares yeah. tour, have you? We talked about the fact that we didn't get tickets, but because we didn't get tickets, I have spent almost every Friday, Saturday, and or Sunday night watching TikTok live streams and Instagram live streams and stuff to get all of the the perks of going to the air store without being able to actually go. How has it made you feel? Um, <laughs> upset sometimes. Yeah, I can um, see that. Mostly just, just like a sense of FOMO more than anything. But it has also been fun because I feel like I still get to be a part of it. So back in the day, you wouldn't have been able to do that. People went on tour and you just didn't know anything about it until way later. So the fact that I get to watch it on live stream is pretty impressive. Right. Don't really have anything as to why, what she's up to. She's chilling in Jersey. Well, I guess probably New York ever. I did see an article that said Taylor and Maddie were moving in together. Oh, That was the headline. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) May have been clickbait. I didn't click on it because I'm not getting took today. But I did see that, so. I also saw, um, I believe it was a TikTok about a rant he went on at a show about... um, his apology and Ice Spice and things like that. And it seems like he just continued to put his foot farther in his mouth rather than make anything better. I don't remember details of what was in it, but it seems like he's not doing a great job of making the situation better for himself. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, I guess that's about it then. Taylor's... Pretty short intro. <laughs> yeah. Taylor's on tour. Speak Now is coming out Jul- in July. July 7th. So. so we got about a month. Yep, getting a little, a little bit closer. Over a month. You watched the Karma video, right? I did watch the Karma video. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Okay, we can, yeah. Okay. So she released a music video to go with the Ice Spice remix of Karma, starring herself and Ice Spice. Uh, Taylor directed the music video herself. Ooh. There were so many Easter eggs in it. Uh, I, I don't think. Between watching it myself and also seeing explanations from all of the creators on TikTok, I I don't even think I've gotten to the bottom of all of the Easter eggs. There are just so many. The music video opens with Taylor posed as Justice, I think, or Libra, either one, um, but with the scales in her hand. Right. And uh, at the base of her, of her, like, she's supposed to be like a statue, and at the base in Roman numerals is... 1989. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> everybody's excited about that. Right. Um, lots of clock Im- imagery throughout it, obviously, coming out of the midnight. 
era and some karma being on midnight's clocks are are big clocks that go to 13 mm-hmm. yeah and there was i know so skipping around a little bit but at the very end of the music video she it shows her walking with a like a cup of like tea or like coffee um that's got a clock on the top in the foam and it like ticks up to like midnight Ooh. but when she's holding it, her left thumb is painted 1989 blue, and her right thumb is painted Reputation black. And it's, like, right at 8 and 2. So a lot of people think that that means we're going to get an announcement for one or both of those albums in August. Uh, some people think it's a double drop, and we think they think that we're going to get an announcement on August 2nd, and then the albums are going to double drop on August 25th. Yeah, I believe... Madeline Irby, future guest of the pod, the yes. pod gremlin. Pod gremlin. She is an advocate for the double drop theory in October, right? I think she said that. I think so too. I don't remember what. I don't remember her reasoning, but I believe that was her, <laughs> her theory. Don't so yeah, people have been doing a lot of a lot of theorizing. That's There's a sure. lot of theorizing going on. Um, there's also some connection back to Evermore and folklore. So at one point, I Spice and Taylor are standing like up on this cloud pedestal thing and they both have these glowing lassos, mm. which is kind of a callback to the uh, Evermore, or not not Evermore, sorry. <laughs> it's a callback to the folklore music video for Cardigan, I believe. Is that so? Um, because she has a, I might be wrong about that, it might be a different one, but <laughs> there's like a um, glowing thread that everybody thought was in reference to Invisible String um, in that music video. But anyway, it's very similar to the lassos they use. I believe that, uh, I don't know if this was a shot from the video mm-hmm. or just a promotional shot, but I did see a still of that that scene with the glowing mm-hmm. lassos and everything. And I believe Taylor's is connected to Tied Around the Moon. Uh, yeah, it, and it Ice Spice is around Saturn. Love yeah. you to the moon and to Saturn. Exactly. From seven? Mm-hmm. So yeah. folklore. folklore. Yeah. So yeah, just tying it back to those eras. Some people have said, so there's a scene where she is like Dorothy skipping down the yellow brick road. Mm. And in the background, there's like a castle that looks very much like the castle from the Bejeweled music video. So everybody is like, this is semblance of her leaving that in the past and moving on from the era that she's in now. Maybe on to Speak Now or 1989 or something like that. Yeah, it seems like she's got a lot going on in that video. Like she does, like so many Easter eggs, so many. Yeah, I There's saw a, a, a section where when she says, um, karma is a cat crying in my lap because it loves me. Right, she's right. laying on a giant version of Meredith, her cat. Oh, wow. <laughs> in a 1989 like blue dress and... It's all over the place. Energy rise. There's also a scene. Um, so when she's Dorothy going down the yellow brick road, she looks over and there's like three, I don't know what you would call them, but like Grim Reapers, I guess, mm. standing there. People think, you know, it's Scott, Scooter, and Kanye. They're like flipping her off and she <laughs> blows on a kiss and it turns into this like purple dust. And then the purple dust transitions into an hourglass where it's got purple sand and she's standing on the bottom, like having the sand rain on her, but she's also sitting on top, like pushing the sand down on top of the other one. So there's a lot of people who've been breaking that down. 
saying that it's like representative of her moving forward by sitting on top and pushing time forward, but also reliving the past by doing all the re-records and like having to re-experience all of that and having it rain down on her. There's just so much going on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well... We will probably have more on that at some point, because I'm sure we could do an entire episode of uh, Kimberly's Clown Corner on the theories about all of that. Yeah, for sure. So, we might come back to that. Break it down. I could break it down scene by scene. Um, Shot for shot. (laughs) Yeah, and that's all just off of the top of my head of the things that I've seen people talking about. I'm sure I'm missing some of the other stuff, but that's just the first things that I remember. All right, well. We'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Okay. Well, in that case, I guess we will move straight on to the song of the week. Which, as we said, is It's Time to Go from Evermore Deluxe. For whatever reason, I had not listened to It's Time to Go mm-hmm. until I had to for this episode. <laughs> I think maybe the Deluxe didn't go straight to Spotify because... I didn't know it was a thing that existed, this song, and uh, the other bonus track, I can't recall his name right now. Uh, right Where You Left Me. Right Where You Left Me, yeah. I didn't know they existed, uh, so I missed out on them somehow. I think the deluxe edition of Folklore and the deluxe edition of Evermore sort of got lost because it all happened so quickly. Folklore came out, the deluxe edition came out with the lakes on it. Evermore came out, the deluxe edition with the other ones, and like I feel like everybody was still reeling from the fact that we had Folklore and Evermore. But nobody was really worried about the bonus tracks. A little bit of oversaturation, you think? Yeah. But this was not the first time I had listened to it, but it's definitely not as often in my rotation of, uh, of things. Right. What are some facts about the song? It was written by Taylor and Aaron Desner, is that right? I believe he collaborated with her frequently on Folklore and Evermore. Yeah, so co-written by Taylor and Aaron Desner. Um, Aaron also produced the song. Aaron is in a band called The National, which I feel like uh, has a very... has not very much at all crossover uh, in fan base. The Venn diagram of Swifties Mm -hmm. and The National fans is probably two circles. I will say, uh, based on, you know, my experience as a girl and the internet. It seems like a lot of Swifties, if not for Taylor, they wouldn't have been introduced to the Nationals. They wouldn't have sought them out. They wouldn't have listened to him themselves, but are in full support of Aaron Desner because he's done such good work and Taylor love, like loves him so much. Swifties are just like on board. Like, let's They're support the Nationals. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, the National probably has more fans than they did before, mm-hmm. but they so. were... They have been critically acclaimed basically ever since they started uh, in the early aughts, I believe. And Aaron and his twin brother started their own record label, which put out the first two national records uh, before they signed on with a different, a different label. So he's been around in the music business for a while, doing a lot of different things. He knows his, his stuff. Yeah. And I think, I think he brought a, and I assume it's what Taylor was looking for, so... He brought a different dimension, I think, than we've seen to her music. Yeah, I feel like since um, her leaving Big Machine, it seems like she's kind of found her her like little musical inspiration group of like Jack Antonoff and 
Aaron Desner and other people as well, but those are the two big ones. Yeah. And I think I think the pandemic and everything probably played a factor in it too. Mm-hmm. It kept her quarantined as it did all of us for a while. Just sitting at home with a piano and guitars. Not all the fancy studio Nothing better to do. No. Equipment, yeah, so writing a little bit raw, uh, folkier material. Big fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why you like folk music, because Taylor... Oh, Taylor told me I like folk music. She paved the way okay, for you. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm fine with that. I just know you wasn't into Bob Dylan or anything before before folklore came out. He's the king of folk or whatever. Yeah, my dad really likes Bob Dylan, so it's not like I've not been exposed to that before. Yeah, I'm not Bob Bob Dylan's biggest fan by any means, but yeah, Bob Dylan is a poet who writes songs, and his voice is bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there that yeah. is. Hey, so Taylor said about it's time to go. Uh, the song is about listening to your gut when it tells you to leave. How you always know before you know, you know. <laughs> and Aaron Desner said that it feels like a beautiful cathartic ending to a folklore era. Yes. Since it is one of the Evermore bonus tracks, and the the second of the two, it is effectively the closing track on Evermore Deluxe. Mm-hmm. And if you count Evermore as basically Folklore's younger, wilder sibling, or mm-hmm. B-side, or whatever you want to call it, part two of Folklore, as I kind of do, mm-hmm. then it definitely is the the closer for that era. Mm-hmm. If you count them as one era, I know I Taylor know. doesn't. I believe in her. I don't think she does sh- tour and everything. Oh, definitely not in the tour. In the tour, there are two separate eras. Evermore comes before folklore, but it's not in any sort of sequential order like that makes sense. Right. <laughs> it's just sort of how she wanted the flow to go of the show. It starts with Lover, bounces all over the place. Folk uh, folklore gets more songs on tour, like more representation, I guess, than Evermore does. So I guess if you're a big Evermore fan, that's probably annoying. But she just covers kind of the, I guess, her heavy hitters. Because they're not even like the heavy hitters of the album. What's she been playing? Uh, she plays Champagne Problems. And uh, she plays Marjorie. Mm. That's from Evermore, right? Yeah, it is. And she plays Tolerate It. Mm. And that's it. Yeah. She doesn't play Willow. And like she doesn't play... Adding anything else. She played, she's played a couple of songs like Coney Island. Right. um, As secret songs or or, uh, surprise songs in the acoustic set. But uh, overall, she hasn't played a whole lot from Evermore. Yeah. Tolerate It feels like a weird choice. I don't like that one much, but. It's really beautiful, though, the way she does it. Oh, really? Um, It's like a dinner setup. Ooh. And she's like having dinner with her, like, you know. Significant Other, which is one of her backup dancers. And she's, like, having a moment and, like, dancing at one end of the table. And he's just sitting there, <laughs> like, <laughs> not moving. It's really it's really pretty to watch. But, right, I don't know. It was a choice, for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right, so what has the critical and fan reception for It's Time to Go been like? So, Rob Sheffield, that we talked about. Um, ranked it at 133 on his list of Taylor Swift songs. Significantly lower than 22, yeah. which I believe was 47. It, it was... Thereabouts. It was mid, top 50. Yeah. yeah. 
And I think his list goes to 229, I believe. Something like that. But Something like that. Pretty, pretty low, which I think is, is wild because I think this is pretty, I don't know, like deep into her, like ma the maturity of her music. But you know, he, he just doesn't like it, I guess. Doesn't vibe with it. Yeah. No accounting for taste. Uh, the Taylor Swift Reddit ranked it 16 of the 17 tracks on Evermore. Woof. <laughs> Only ahead of Closure. Why y'all coming for Closure like that? I bro? know. That, that kind of hurts my heart a little bit. I like both. I like this song. Spoiler alert. I like this song a lot. Yeah. And I also like Closure. Closure fucking bangs. Like, you know. There's definitely songs on Evermore <laughs> that deserve to be lower. <laughs> These two on Reddit's ranking. That's very true. Very true. But they are entitled to their opinion, as we are ours, and Absolutely. we will let them hear ours in a second. Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> Is it time to go to your special place, your happy place? <laughs> special place? I don't like all that. My special place. Your happy place? My happy place. Yeah. I guess so. All right. <clears throat> well, then, we are going to... Give you an exhaustive breakdown of what we think and other Swifties think this song is about lyrically. And to do that, we're gonna have to go to Kimberly's Clown Corner once again. Kimberly's Clown Corner. All right, so it's time to go. Is most speculated to be about Taylor Swift connection to relationship with friendship with however you want to describe it Carly Kloss who is that so Carly Kloss oh I should probably start by saying I did cite my sources so I'll go ahead and add my sources I used IMDB CarlyKloss.com inside Darkcom, uh, Wikipedia, TaylorEvidence.com. TaylorEvidence.com. That sounds like clown corner material. The rest of it seems pretty legit. Uh, Wikipedia, Insider.com. Already said that one. PaperMag.com. Mm. And, and that's it. So those are all my sources. All right. Just to cover my bases. This is not my information. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Carly Kloss grew up in St. Louis. Heard of it. Discovered at a charity fashion show. Okay. Her first ever show was Calvin Klein, which she booked 64 shows. Not for Calvin Klein, but in total, she booked 64 shows in her first Fashion Week season. Oh, wow. So, which is pretty impressive. In a very week. young at the time. Is Fashion Week season, it's longer than a week. It's Surely it has to be. Yes, okay. It is more than a week. 64 in a week. I was like, God damn. It's more than a week okay, uh, in the whole sense. season. There's a lot of lead up to like the official Fashion Week. So she booked 64, but her first one was Calvin Klein. But she is self-described as a supermodel, entrepreneur, and philanthropist. Ooh. She currently is still modeling a little bit. Not as much as she used to, but a little bit. Right. And she also runs a, a couple of companies she has of her own, but she runs a STEAM nonprofit called Code with Carly. And um, obviously she's best known for her work as a Victoria's Secret model and angel between the year of 2011 to 2015. Just in case anybody doesn't know, you can be a Victoria's Secret model and not be considered a Victoria's Secret angel. 
And I do believe you have to be a model with them for a certain amount of time before you can be an angel. Are the angels like the elite? Yes. The best of the best? <laughs> Basically. Okay. It's like the highest ranking. Got it. But she did serve um, as a Victoria's Secret angel. Um, I believe it was from 2013 to 2015. But okay. she worked with Victoria's Secret from 2011 to 2015. Nice. So that's a little background on Carly Kloss herself. Okay. Just to kind of know where she came from, who she is, what she does. She's a person who exists in the world. Yes. And how did she come to know Taylor Swift? Well, it all started with a tweet. Oh boy. In, As all great relationships do. Absolutely. <laughs> in 2012, during a Vogue interview, Taylor said, quote, I love Carly Kloss. I want to bake cookies with her. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and Carly responded to um, that article... With a tweet saying, hey, at Taylor Swift 13, love the at Vogue magazine cover, your kitchen or mine, with a smiley face. <laughs> Want to get her mitts in Taylor's oven? Oh, Sounds no. Like. <laughs> On <laughs> November 13th, 2013, they met in person for the first time at the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show. Uh, Carly said about the interaction, we met at the show we'd never met before, but we're BFFs now. So Taylor performed alongside... Fallout Boy at that show. So much for Stardust. <laughs> Out this year. Still bangs. Go listen to it. <laughs> um, so she performed a few of her own songs, but they, she also performed a song with Fallout Boy um, at this particular show. But that was the very first time that Taylor and Carly met. They were on the catwalk a couple of times together, kind of walked down side by side, things like that. But that was kind of the official start of it all. So a month after the show, uh, Carly posted a photo of the two of them on Twitter with the caption, favorite hashtag VS fashion show moment with at Taylor Swift 13. Mm-hmm. She also posted a photo of herself with Taylor behind the scenes with the caption, quote, we were both young when I first saw you. Ooh. Favorite Taylor song XOX. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet that sparked some, uh, <laughs> some Twitter rumors. Yeah, so people are like, are they friends? Are they dating? What is going on? Yes, I believe you allude to a theory known as the Gaylor theory. Gaylor, yeah. That Taylor's secretly gay and has been all along. So the Gaylor theory is that Taylor is secretly gay and has been all along. But the Taylor theory, or I guess it's not really a theory, but Taylor. It's a subset of the With a K theory. is their like ship name. I see. So not to confuse those two. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Kaler exists under Gaylor. <laughs> Gaylor exists as a wider idea. I see. So the next time the pair met up was the Oscars party in 2014. So, you know, a few months later because the VS Fashion Show was in November. So not very much longer. Right. Early 2014, Carly suggests they do something spontaneous. Oh. So they went on a road trip to Big Sur. Heard of it. Yeah. So up in the mountains, uh, by the on the coast. Just the two of us, girl, you know. Yeah, so a lot of pictures came out of this trip of the two of them, uh, which kind of really started it because it started all of the rumors because there were some that was just like, man, like sometimes you take pictures like that with your best friend, but like there's a lot in there. Were there feet in the lap laughing pictures? <laughs> which I, uh, sorry, I need to just do a quick aside. <laughs> I hate that lyric so much. You guys, because I'm not, I'm not a foot guy. I'm not a foot guy. (laughs) So no, that I know of, there was not a 
photo of her with her feet in Carly's lap. No, but uh, there were some similar photos. I see. So Carly shared a lot of these photos on Instagram from the trip uh, during their trip with the caption, On an adventure of a lifetime. The photos included Carly riding in the sand on the beach, Carly and then a big heart, and then Taylor. Oh, boy. Uh, a black and white selfie of the two of them with their faces like very close together, which was very normal for a selfie. And right. a picture of them with an elephant seal, like in the background, talking about the elephant seal. But in this photo, the questionable bit is the fact that they are posed where Carly is hugging Taylor from behind. And they're like very cuddled up together, but they're like, look at the elephant seal. I feel like you know what you're doing here. <laughs> yeah. You are a woman. Yes. And as we learned last last week, I am a man. Yes. A manly man, man. Mm-hmm. Super, who, super manly man. Who doesn't know what women do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, how much of this is is odd to you as a woman versus just oh, you know how girls be? They hug up on each other and stuff. It's a really thin line because girls can be very affectionate. People in general can be very affectionate with their friends. It doesn't have to be a girl thing. Doesn't have to, but um, due to patriarchy, it often is. Yeah, <laughs> but you can. It is kind of commonplace, I think, to be a little bit over the line affectionate with your friends, like especially your close friends. I think the the questionable part here is they didn't know each other very long when right. this was happening. You know. And I, I get, like, the idea of instant best friends. Like, you just click with someone. Sort of a whirlwind friendship. This seems really, like, intimate for people who have only known each other for a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I should note that Madeline Irby, future guest of the podcast, Pod Gremlin. Right, heard of it. Is a, a huge Taylor and Gaylor truther. Yes, I she do is on board. <laughs> um, I am very skeptical about it. I'm very much of the opinion that, like, who are we to speculate on her sexuality? And if she wants to tell us, you know, that she is of the queer community, great. And if she is very straight and wants to stay very straight, then great. <laughs> right. I will reiterate, as we said last week, that we are against homophobia and yeah. all forms of bigotry here on the Last Great America podcast. But I do think it feels a little weird to speculate about someone's sexuality in that way. Mm-hmm. And a little bit gross and, I don't know, inappropriate. Right. So all that to say, you know, we don't know what Taylor Swift's sexuality is, what she identifies her sexuality as. And it's none of our business, really. Right. But she definitely makes it feel like there was something going on. With this particular person. Do you think she was queer baiting, which is a term that I haven't heard so much lately, so I hope it's still okay to say, but it uh, refers to a phenomenon where straight people pretend to be like they might be gay or whatever to sort of, I don't know, as if they want to be a little bit subversive, a little Mm -hmm. bit clout chasing, a little bit, look how progressive I am, you know what I mean? I'm not explaining it very well. but no, if- Yeah, um, I do know what you mean. I think that sometimes things are easily misconstrued that way. Right. And it wasn't the intention. 
Okay. So I don't. Th I think if it turned, if it were to be fact that they were strictly just friends and nothing else happened, I don't think they intended for any of it to come off as that. They were just having a good time and didn't realize what it was going to look like when they did these things, and then realized later on when they started getting all of these like questions and like accusations and things like that, they were like, crap, like, what have we done? Um, but we'll get into that, so we'll move on. Okay. In May 2014, uh, they got ready for and attended the Met Gala together. Heard of it. Which was a big night of the year, yeah. And they stayed very close together to the point that everyone made note of it. Like, paparazzi and everybody were like, they are not leaving each other's side. Right. Should be noted that, like, a majority of the time that they're friends and this is happening, they are both in... Um, Carly's in a long-term relationship with a guy named Josh Kushner. Oh, boy. Related to Mr. Jared Kushner? You know, I don't know if they're related. I didn't look it up. I believe it's his brother. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know that. I think I read that. Yeah. I'll double check because that seems like a thing you don't want to <laughs> accuse someone of. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be accused of being his brother. <laughs> but, um... Yes, he is the brother of Jared Kushner, son-in-law, and former senior advisor to former U.S. president, who shall not be named. Oof, 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 oof. Well, I did not know that. I did not look very hard into him. Um, they started dating in 2012, so they were together the entirety of all this going on. Yeah. Taylor oh. also had, you know, various relationships happening during this time, most notably uh, her relationship to Calvin Harris, which will come up. But so they attend, they get ready for it and attend the Met Gala together, right? Even though they're both in relationships, so that's fine. <laughs> you don't have to take your significant other to the Met Gala. Nope. Um, they are seen together frequently over the course of 2012. In a Rolling Stones interview, a tour of her New York apartment, Swift introduces one of her guest rooms as where Carly usually stays. Okay. Uh, in November 2014, Taylor brings Carly as her date to the AMAs, so the American Music Awards. In December of that same year, Taylor plays the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show for a second time. This time, she's like headlining by herself the show. Right. Taylor walks the, the catwalk uh, with a bunch of her friends who are angels, but Taylor walks with Carly hand in hand down the runway. <laughs> During Taylor's performance of Style. So after the show, Carly posts a picture of the duo holding hands, but from behind, uh, walking backstage, and captioned it with the lyrics from the song, which were, we never go out of style. They're really leaning into it if they're they not, <laughs> if they're not dating. They're really, I think they know what they're doing. If they're, if they don't, at this point, maybe not at first, but maybe at some point they realized what was happening and decided to lean into it a little bit. I mean, maybe, but um, that does seem a little baity, like we talked about, yeah. if that is the case. But I genuinely don't think they were they were trying to if they weren't, like, interested in each other, which is still a possibility. I don't know. I don't like to speculate. Right, right. <laughs> which, actually, I love to speculate about a lot of things. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't really think it's any of our business, what, what they were feeling. But in December of 2014... If the Gaylor rumors weren't circulating before, because we've discussed, they definitely, definitely were, were and should have been. Right. Um, they are running rampant now 
Uh, Taylor and Carly attended a 1975 concert. Mr. Matty Healy. Full circle. Yep. At Terminal 5 in New York with some friends. Right. While at the concert, fans claimed to have seen the two kissing, and there were photos and videos of the interaction. Oh, boy. So this is my little opinion that I inserted. The pictures in the video are so blurry that, like, because it's super zoomed in from, like, the floor and they're, like, in the balcony. So, you know, Carly could very well be just, like, leaning into her ear and, like, whispering. As you have to do at a concert because you can't hear unless you're right in somebody's ear. Exactly. But they do look very cuddled up together very very comfortable with each other in in their stance in the video and you can see that for sure whether or not there was mouth-to-mouth contact i cannot verify but people who were at the concert say that they were making out (laughs) okay so i wasn't there i can't say that is the uh that's the supporting theory of madeline's like support of gaylor theory is this interaction, so. Well, you know, sometimes when you're out with your friends, you're having a party, you're getting wild, and you just get a little hammered. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, and it doesn't have to be gay, you know? doesn't have to be gay. Just some friends being friendly. That's all. <laughs> also, if you feel that Couple way. Couple of besties. <laughs> if you feel that way, maybe you should reevaluate. You probably are gay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, in a since-deleted tweet, Taylor wrote... As my 25th birthday present from the media, I'd like for you to stop accusing all of my friends of dating me. Hashtag thirsty. So that was immediately following the 1975 debacle. Okay. Um, And then in March 2015, Carly and Taylor appeared together on the cover of Vogue. Right. Taylor speaks about how people around her for years had suggested that they meet. Makeup artists and hairstylists would tell her that she and Carly were the same person and would be the best of friends. Carly says in the article that they were very close and very supportive of each other. She said, quote, I think that that kind of friendship, whether it's with a sister or a friend, that kind of friendship is very powerful. And uh, I don't think we mentioned this in the previous episode, but we're from Alabama, you know. So sometimes sisters being sisters, you know, you get after it, get wild, (laughs) you know. No! Doesn't have to be incest. Doesn't have to be. No! <laughs> Just friendly. Friendly sister stuff. No! <laughs> okay, so, uh, so again, we're in, we've moved on to the year 2015. We're in 2015. Right. So, in May, Carly posted a side-by-side photo of her and Taylor wearing the same dress. So, Taylor's was from, I believe, like a magazine article where she had done a photo shoot, and then Carly posts a picture of her in the same exact dress. With the original caption of, quote, missing my girl, mm-hmm. which was then changed to missing my BFF. By whom? She changed it. Like, she on changed Instagram. it. She okay. went in and edited it. <laughs> gotcha. Well, sometimes women use the word girl as like a. You know, my girl is my friend. Yeah, and I think that's um, what she meant, but I think the comments immediately went crazy right. of people being like, it's confirmation that they were dating, and she was like, crap, I gotta change it. Right. Maybe that's what she meant, and they had to change it for publicity per- you know, reasons. Taylor's publicist called her and was like, you gotta change this right now, this is not okay. We don't know. 
But who could say? Interesting to note that it was changed. Right. Around the same time, Taylor's star-studded video for Bad Blood debuted, which had, you know, a star-studded tons of people in it. Had her but, own squad in there. Yeah, her squad. Squatted up. Carly played a superhero called Knockout, and she and Taylor fight, you know, in a boxing ring. Ooh. In tw- June of 2015, um, we're in the peak of Taylor's girl gang era. She has a group of friends, Carly Kloss, Cara Delevingne, Martha Hunt, Gigi Hadid, and Kendall Jenner, join her on stage at her 1989 tour show in London. Okay. Taylor, Carly, and Gigi, after this show, go on a river cruise while in London with Calvin Harris. So Taylor and Calvin were dating at the time. Right. Allegedly. (laughs) Gigi and Joe Jonas, who was her boyfriend at the time. But is also Taylor's ex-boyfriend. Isn't Joe the one who's now married to Sophie Turner? Yes. My boy just keeps out kicking his coverage. He does. <laughs> He's had great, great track record with women. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, he dated uh, Demi Lovato. He dated Camilla Bell when she was way out of his league. Like, he was a child and she was an adult. <laughs> Some people are just blessed, I guess. I don't think he was actually a child, but that's an over-exaggeration. Anyway... Carly joined these two couples, which, so, if you think that Taylor, you know, they were in a relationship, you have Taylor with her beard, Calvin. Sure. Her friend Gigi, Gigi's boyfriend and Taylor's ex-boyfriend Joe, and Taylor's girlfriend Carly. What a weird crew to be on a boat ride. Yeah. Yeah. So, Carly posts a picture of this and, um puts a caption that makes her out. She's like, you know, a way to feel like a fifth wheel went on a romantic cruise or something like that to, to the tune of that. But anyway, right. it makes herself out to be the fifth wheel. She's like sitting in the middle with her hands on her, her uh, under her chin and they're in the background like all cuddled up. But everybody kind of freaked out over this because not only was Taylor hanging out with all of these people, but like specifically her friend who was dating her ex-boyfriend and it was just a lot going on in one photo. Yeah, I'm going to say this as... Discreetly as I can for legal purposes. If <laughs> if me and any of my exes go on a boat together, only one of us is coming back. I don't know who it is. I'm not going to speculate on that. But only one is coming back. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we will talk more about Taylor and Joe's relationship. There are plenty of songs about it. Mr. Perfectly Fine himself. Yes, so we will talk about it more, I'm sure. But up until that point, they had had a pretty rocky uh, breakup and, like, a non-existent friendship. So I think that was the first time it was kind of like, okay, they're on decent terms now. Um, I think they broke up in, like, 2007? So it's almost 10 years later. Yeah, plenty of time to get Good to know. And and for sure, there's, you know, she goes on to write a line about sending her ex's baby's presents. And it was about Joe and Sophie because she and Sophie get along really well. And she sent a a, a personalized gift when they had their first baby. That was nice. Yeah. So anyway, we'll sidebar on that. But in December of 2015, Carly posts... Her best nine wrap-up photos for the year. Out of nine photos, Taylor is in all but two. <laughs> Seven of nine. Yes. Pretty pretty prevalent. It's pretty heavy, Taylor. Right. Um, June 2016, Taylor rents her apartment on Cornelia Street. 
in New York City. Heard of it. Less than a mile away from Carly's apartment. Wow. Also, just quick interjection for the listener. Fun drinking game you can play if you want to die, if you're not, if you have a death wish. Every time Justin says heard of it, <laughs> take, a sh- take a shot. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, everyone would die. Yep. Um, so she moves into this apartment. It's less than a mile from Carly's uh, place in New York City on Charles Street. Carly uh, is spotted multiple times coming and going from the apartment. And it's speculated by fans that Cornelia Street, the song, might be about Carly rather than Joe Alwyn. Maybe the real Cornelia Street was... Are the was... we made <laughs> Wait, I'm taking it from you. <laughs> <laughs> was the girl we were secretly scissoring. <laughs> you know... Maybe. Oh, no. <laughs> so, July 4th, 2016. This is the most infamous July 4th uh, party that Taylor throws. She's known for her 4th of July parties. Infamous in what way? Just, it's super, They she Buck documents <laughs> it herself. Uh, She's just known for throwing these 4th of July parties at her houses. Wild ones. Mostly, I think, at her house in Rhode Island. Holiday but, house. Yeah, she just posts a lot about it herself. And it's usually all of her big name friends, like Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds, you know, all of her model friends, <laughs> like all of them are there. But this was kind of the peak of that because, like I said, she was in her like girl gang era. So, like, all of those big name girls that she was bringing out on tour and uh, seeing out with all the time were there. So, at this particular party, Carly attends. After this, this party actually is happening right after her split with Calvin Harris. And this is the party where Taylor Swift is seen canoodling with Tom Hiddleston. And he wears the shirt that says, I heart Taylor Swift or TS or whatever. Yeah, I remember that. It was a weird photo. <laughs> yeah. August 2016, during the resurgence of the Kimye Swift feud. So that's Kim and Kanye uh, West. Yep, we'll get into that. At some yeah. point. <laughs> Carly says, quote, I think she's been a lovely person to me in the past. Look, I really don't know her that well. In response to an interviewer asking her thoughts on Kim Kardashian West. Right. Just a brush off, really. Yeah. After fans took this as Carly speaking out against Taylor in this feud, Carly tweeted, I will not allow the media to misconstrue my words. Taylor has always had my back and I will always have hers. So that was a fucking lie. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> October 2016 is one of the last times they're seen together out in public. On Taylor's birthday in 2016, Carly posts a photo of Taylor kissing her cheek and referred to her as her friend, sister, and partner in crime. Okay. More than a year later, in January 2018, rumors of a rift between the two start swirling when Carly posts a video of herself playing basketball with the caption, Swish Swish which people think is a reference to the Katy Perry song that is speculated to be a clapback to Bad Blood. Because it was. Yes. <laughs> Fans again begin accusing Carly of picking opposite sides in Taylor's feud after this post, and Carly ended up changing the caption to nothing but net. They just won't let the girl have a caption, you know? No, and she also is like... She really gives in, and she'll just change her caption when people don't like it. <laughs> yeah, it seems like she doesn't have strong opinions <laughs> on most things. She's like, whatever, man. 
Leave me alone. So after um, a month after she posted this and she changed the caption and everybody's speculating on it. Um, she's seen having dinner with Katy Perry. So this is during still during the time where Katy and Taylor are having their their feud. Um, which we'll get to. Which we'll also get to. Taylor has too many feuds. Especially during this era. Like, this was her era of feuds. Uh, I feel like she gets rid of a lot of them. She drops the dead weight That's after good. a while. But this is kind of the time of the feuds. Seems like it was exhausting. Yeah. So, Jennifer Lawrence enters the chat now. Okay. Uh, when she told the New York Times, the one secret she'd like to know is, what's going on between Carly Gloss and Taylor Swift? Like, honest to God truth, is nobody else curious. It's keeping me up at night. What happened? <laughs> I love Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. by the way. She's funny. Yeah, it was, a, it was really funny, her being like, the only thing in the entire world that I want to know is what happened. What went down. Right. Um, so in August 2018, Carly attends the Reputation Tour in Nashville. So I think this is about, like, the actual last time they're sitting together. Okay. Um, in Carly's October 2018 73 Questions Vogue interview, she says that they were still really good friends, directly calling Jennifer Lawrence out saying, Jen, don't worry. Ooh, girl. <laughs> Later that same month, Carly got married to her boyfriend since 2012, Josh Kushner, in a small ceremony in upstate New York with only 80 guests. By this point, he's a known fascist. Advisor to Donald Trump. I guess so. Garbage um, ass. So anyway, they have a small ceremony of 80 guests. Taylor did not attend. Yeah. In June 2019, the newlyweds hosted a larger wedding reception in Wyoming. Taylor did not attend. Carly's team claims that Taylor was invited to both. Taylor has not spoken on the matter at all. Well, I don't think. Her, her team might have said that like she had scheduling conflicts or something, um, but she herself has not said anything. However, Katy Perry and her husband Orlando Bloom did attend the wedding, as well as Carly's longtime manager, Scooter Braun. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> oh, boy. Another person we'll have to get to. Yep. Well, we get to it a little bit. Okay, go, go into it a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Dip our toe in. So who is Scooter Braun? Who indeed? Scooter Braun is the most well-known for managing artists like Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, Carly Rae Jepsen. Heard of her? And Kanye West. It's also in June 2019 when Scooter's company, so right at the same time that they're hosting this larger wedding reception, and Scooter is there, and all Katy Perry's there, and all these people are there, and Taylor's not there. The same month, Scooter's company, Ithaca Holdings, acquires Big Machine Label Group, the label that signed Taylor to a 13-year recording deal at 15 years old. This sale meant that Scooter Braun owned the masters of Taylor's first six albums. Right. Taylor states that she tried to buy her masters, was offered unfavorable conditions. Uh, those conditions were to re-sign uh, uh, with Big Machine and earn back her albums one by one, one per new album produced. Right. Uh, Taylor says she was not informed of who was purchasing her masters before it was announced to the world. She stated, all I could think about was the incessant manipulative bullying I've received at his hands for years. Big Machine simply claims Taylor declined to buy her masters. So uh, Scooter Braun is somebody based off of like all of the people that he's associated with. He's always been less than six degree degrees 
uh, removed from Taylor right. throughout a majority of her career. You know, he represented Justin Bieber, who infamously dated one of Taylor's best friends, Selena Gomez, for a long time. Um, he managed Kanye West, who, like we said, Taylor has a huge feud with, one of her most well-known ones. He managed Carly, who was her best friend. So he's always been around, and she's saying that, like, the entire time he's been around, he has been nothing but a giant bully to her. And then all of her stuff is sold directly to him. <laughs> Yikes. Um, which he went on to sell it to someone else for a giant profit, which Shamrock is ridiculous. Holdings. Yes. So the end of Kaler as we know it, to wrap it up. So while all of this master's information is coming out and Scooter and Taylor are publicly feuding, Carly and Josh go on vacation with Scooter and his wife and a bunch of friends. Other celebrities are vocal at the time about taking one side or the other, whether it be Scooter or Taylor, but Carly remains completely silent on the situation. Okay. On this vacation, Scooter posts a photo of himself, um, another friend, and Carly and Josh and captions it, quote, week of laughter. Week of laughter. What a, what a thing to say. Carly and Taylor have had no public interaction since. There are many songs in Taylor's catalog that are ruin, rumored to be about Carly. Right. And I have listed them out here. So we'll just go over the ones that you can reference back to this if you need to know who Carly is. We won't talk about it anymore, but we'll tell you when we're talking about a song who that's you know meant to have been about her. Right. So starting with 1989... It would have um, come out right around the time that they first met. This was a um, deluxe uh, edition song. So it was added on kind of after the initial album came out. So it is, you know, potential. But these are all speculated. None of this has been proven to be Right. True. It's straight clownery. Right. So, um, 1989, You Are In Love. I like that one. It's a good one. A good portion of reputation, people think, is about Carly. I could see it. So, in game. Don't Blame Me, Delicate, Gorgeous, So It Goes, King of My Heart, Dancing With Our Hands Tied, Dress, Call It What You Want, and New Year's Day. I've heard that Gorgeous was probably about Carly, that mm -hmm. that was what people believed. I did not know about all those others. I think now that, like, you say it, Dancing With Our... Or, oh, you say it. Now that... Like, I read it, and I've typed it out, and I'm thinking about it. Dancing with our hands tied makes some sense. How so? If they were, like, in a secret relationship. Okay. Yeah. Way, but I don't know. We can talk about it when we get to that song. That's right. Um, it's coming. Dress also really makes sense. The yeah. lyrics and dress make a lot of sense. <laughs> okay, so on Lover, uh, Lover itself, Cornelia Street, Paper Rings, Cruel Summer, Afterglow and False God from Folklore, Illicit Affairs, and Hoax. Okay. From Evermore, Champagne Problems, Right Where You Left Me, It's Time to Go. Right Where You Left Me and It's Time to Go being the two bonus tracks, Champagne Problems being the only one that made it onto the album. Right. right. Um, but again, when we talk about those specific songs, we'll talk about why people think those are about them. Gotcha. And then from Midnight's, Question is speculated to be about Carly. That's interesting because I don't know what the hell that song is supposed to be about. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's you know, it bangs, but I don't know what it's about. Yeah. Pod Gremlin, Maddie B, 
is definitely 100% question is about Carly. I kind of think it might be about Harry Styles or Tom Hiddleston. I like that theory that I've read. However, every time I've vocaled that, I've vocalized that, Madeline has been like, absolutely not, you're wrong. So I don't really have an opinion on question. I see. Um, uh, this is my clownery theory to, to kind of round out this corner. I think it's different might be about Carly. Oh boy. After having, this was literally a last minute edition, but after having now listened to it a few good times through, because we actually have it on streaming now, I think it could be about Carly. I'm going to have to listen to it a little more. I've only yeah. heard it through once, so. I think it also helps, like, I mean, you can really see any of these theories by listening to these songs and really think of it in the context of everything we've talked about now and their relationship. If you listen back through it, you're like, oh, dang, no, I gotta see where they're coming from. <laughs> well, we don't, I think what we need to avoid is we don't want to be like the ancient aliens. Guys, you know, they go looking for aliens and they find them. Whereas scientists who don't go looking for aliens find other reasons. Other explanations. I mean, yeah, but... You know what I mean? Don't... I feel don't. like we're here to debate every side of the coin and not just are aliens real and are they not? Well, are they? Uh, we... Yeah, we don't want to fall victim to confirmation bias is all. Yeah. And I, I think, think Madeline, sure. the pod gremlin, is falling victim to it. Well, we'll just have to have her on to defend her side of things. Yeah. Um, she, you know, is very good at her own research and, and evidence providing, so... She'll have to come on and defend her stance. Future guests of the pod. Yes, exactly. But all that being said, there are some that I agree with, some that I disagree with, but I am introducing a new theory that I think hits different is about Carly. Okay. Well, thank you for taking us to your clown corner once again. That was, as promised, long as hell. So, (laughs) but it was informative. It was definitely informative. Did a lot of research. So, like I said, it's there now. So every time we come across one of those songs that maybe is about her, I don't have to go through who she is and what she does and where she came from and how she knows Taylor. Go listen to episode two. Exactly. We can just reference episode two. You can listen to episode two and get all the information about Carly Clough you want and we can move on with our lives. Yep. We can move on to one of Taylor's other dozen feuds that yeah. she's in. Oh, there are plenty of other players in Taylor Swift's life that I'm going to have to do some Deep bio. dives some- on. Yeah, bio info on. So we'll have a few where we'll be like, reference this episode where you can learn all about who Kanye is and their feud, who, you know, Scooter is, and we'll go deeper into their feud and all of that. Okay. Well, I guess at this point we can talk about uh, the lyrics and the song itself a little bit and what we think. Now that we have learned... Everything we ever wanted to know about <laughs> Taylor's relationship with one Carly Claus. I guess we should talk about the lyrics from It's Time to Go that people think are about Carly. Because the song kind of covers a lot of different uh, scenarios and memories and situations. So uh, what are the the lines about, about Carly? The lines that people think are about Carly, or I guess the part of the verse <laughs> people think about Carly is when the words of a sister come back in whispers that prove she was not in fact what she seemed not a twin from your dreams she's a crook who was caught yes depending on how you count the verses it's either the back half of verse one or it's verse two if you count them individually uh, yeah yeah quadrant. I think it's the back half of the first verse that's how I count it too yeah, but, wait, but I've seen it both ways looking at it it's split up weird yeah 
And then she has a few in there that are just kind of general situations about her boyfriend's wandering eyes and when you're ready to leave the restaurant, different things. But then she also has, I guess it's verse three that is about, it seems to be about Scott and the big machine sail and possibly scooter. Yeah, I think so. So it starts with, sometimes giving up is the strong thing. Sometimes to run is the brave thing. Sometimes walking out is the one thing that will find you the right thing. 15 years, 15 million tears, begging till my knees bled. I gave it my all. He gave me nothing at all, then wondered why I left. Now he sits on his throne in his palace of bones, praying to his greed. He's got my past frozen behind glass, but I've got me. As I said, I had not listened to this song at all until a week ago when I had to for this episode. And I've only listened to it a handful of times. But one thing I did note about it is it felt like Taylor was talking about a lot of her different feuds a lot of the different people in her life and different situations that other people might also go through and try to connect these disparate situations via the theme of, you know when it's time to go, right? Which makes sense, and I totally see where she was going with it. But I do think that it feels a little bit scattered because of that, because she tries to cover a lot of ground in that way, and I think... It could have been a stronger song lyrically if she had just said, I'm going to get into the Carly Claw situation in depth, and I'm going to really get in there and feel my feelings about it uh, instead of trying to trying to cover everything at once, as it seems like she kind of did. Musically, it's fine. You know, it, it sounds like a Folklore Evermore song to me. It definitely doesn't belong on any of her other Records to me, I don't think. Mm-mm. Definitely has a heavy dose of Aaron Desner on mm-hmm. the production. I think if it were to go on another album, it'd be folklore. But like we touched on, they're basically A side, B side. So yeah, it don't really count. It doesn't make, yeah, it doesn't count. But I also think there is like a slight enough difference between folklore and Evermore that it really belongs where it is. Yeah, I think so. I think folklore as an album feels a lot more cohesive. Than Evermore, which makes sense if we think of Evermore as... All of the cut tracks. The leftovers, yeah, yeah, the B-sides. Oh, uh, yeah. It feels a little more eclectic. So, a little bit wider range of uh, yeah. of songs on it. And there are some on Evermore that are definitely, like, you listen to them and you're like, she intended for this to go on folklore, but it just didn't, it didn't make the cut. Yeah, and then there's some really weird songs. We'll get to it. We'll get to it, so I won't go into it too much, but Nobody, No Crime, what the hell is that song? <laughs> you know I'm a big fan of of the Sisters Heim. Haim. Yes. Yeah. I actually don't know how to say their name, but I do like their music. But yeah, that song is straight ass. Yeah. Well, <laughs> much like uh, Lana Del Rey on Snow on the Beach, she really did them dirty. But who knows? Maybe they you know, wanted to be on that song. Maybe. Um, it was poor choice if they did, but... So I agree with you. Uh, I think it touches on a lot of storylines in her life, a lot of feuds, a lot of friendships and relationships and knowing when it's time to go. And it probably could have been narrowed down to just a couple. Focus in on a few good stories to to kind of sell your point. 
didn't have to be all of them. But overall, this song really grew on me. So I didn't, much like you, I didn't listen to it when it first came out. Um, it just kind of got brushed to the side. But after, you know, the new wore off of, of Folklore and Evermore, I found myself going back to be like, let's discover something different, something new. And that ended up being all of the bonus tracks. So this song grew on me a lot. When I did finally listen to it, I was like, yeah, it's great. But the more I listen to it, every time I listen to it, it gets a little bit better, a little bit better. In my opinion, the overall vibe for me was, I think that this one and actually the other bonus song on Evermore could have made the actual Evermore album over some of the ones that actually did make it. So myself, I, Evermore, you know, I haven't done the uh, the statistics math on it that a lot of people have done on TikTok, but I would say that Evermore might have my most skipped songs on it. Okay. Um, and we'll because that. of that, I really think it wouldn't have nearly as many if she had put these two songs on the album, um, or even one of these two songs on the album, in place of one of the ones that is a constant skip for me. Yeah. One of your skips, I know, is Cowboy <laughs> Like Me, which we'll get to. And I gotta tell you, folks, I lobbied pretty hard for this podcast to be called Cowboys Like Us, mostly because uh, Kimberly made a delightful thing of cover art. Yeah. With the uh, cowboy cats no. singing, you know. Singing cowboy meme. cats in, <laughs> in the fog over the mountain, you know. Yeah, God, it was majestic. It was really great, um, but I... Maybe we'll share it on our, on our social media. Much like you what were could have been. passionate about um, your hatred for Nobody No Crime, Cowboy Like Me deserves to die. <laughs> I, yeah, hatred is a bit of a strong word, but nobody no crime is bad, and it shouldn't have been made, and it shouldn't have been put on the record. That's how I feel about but, cowboys. But like, we'll cowboys get there. Like Don't get me started. Yeah, yeah. So overall, what's your ranking? Ah, uh, yes. A little quick reminder for everyone: we are ranking on a one to ten scale. One is very bad. Ten is very good. Five is average. And I believe that I will give. It's time to go a six because I think my day would be improved if it were to come on. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a good song. Why don't I listen to it more? <laughs> right. Yeah. But I I don't think I'll f remember after a little bit to be like. You don't seek it out. Yeah. I don't I don't got to be like, oh, yeah, I got to go listen to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's it's a decent song. Solid. I see why it was a bonus because I feel like it's. A little bit shallow and unfinished in a way, but but it's not I bad. I like that though. I feel like that is kind of Evermore's vibe. It's a little bit rugged around the you know That's ragged true. around the edge. It does feel a little bit slapdash compared to folklore, which yeah. is very tight. So I'm giving it a ranking of seven. So we've basically just swapped our rankings from twenty two. <laughs> um That's right. But mostly because like I mentioned, it's it's grown on me. Every time I listen to it, I have a very similar reaction, as you're saying, is like, my day is made better by hearing it, but I don't always seek it out, but I find myself seeking it out more and more the more I listen to it. The more I enjoy it, the more I'm like, why don't I go listen to 
listen to it, it's time to go. And, you know, a few songs on Evermore. I don't give Evan, Evermore enough attention. <laughs> right. The songs you grow to like, never stick at first. Fall Out Boy, Dead on Arrival. So much for Stardust. Out this year, go listen to it, it bangs. <laughs> Just listen to all of Fall Out Boy's, you know. That's right. You know, they got a deep, deep catalog. Go listen to it. So, do you want to announce next week's song, or do you want me to? Did I do it last time, or did you do it? I think I did it last time, so I think it's you this time. Okay, all right. Do the little drum roll. It's Change from Fearless. Oh, boy. I already need to know that you have some thoughts about this one, so I'm excited (laughs) to get into it. Oh, do I. (laughs) All right. Well, we will be back this time next week to talk to you about Change. In the meantime... Please follow us on social media. Uh, we are on Twitter and on Instagram. Let us know your thoughts on this song and give us any feedback that you like. Tell us that we're garbage. That's the only way we can achieve a sexual release. So thank you so much. Uh, we'll see you next week. I can't. Bye. Yeah.